I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show, brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, whether it's leak detection, water line repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works Plumbing is a full-service plumbing solution. Really doesn't matter how small, how large your plumbing problem is because they've got a fix for you. Now, remember, their expert technicians are available 24 7 For all of your plumbing needs, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W, WRXplumbing.com. On my show today, I want to speak a little bit about officiating in sports. I also want to talk a little bit about the recent surge by the Sacramento Kings. Of course, we've got our crowd ultra Q&A and then my rant. This past weekend, I think I speak for many that have been affiliated over the years in the NBA when we learned that NBA official Tony Brown has stage four pancreatic cancer. Tony is a great man. He's one of the few NBA officials that I speak to on a fairly regular basis. I have his phone number. He's that type of guy. And when I heard the news My heart sunk because Tony's a family man. Matter of fact, it was just a couple of years ago before a game in Sacramento. And I was asking him, where does he go from here? And he told me he's flying. He's got a game on the East Coast. He lives in Atlanta. And then he's off for a couple days. And he was so happy because he was going to be home for Halloween. And he was so looking forward to going trick-or-treating with his kids. Tony's just a effervescent, just a, a guy that I think all affiliated with the NBA just have great things to say about Tony Brown. And when I was thinking about officials, and one of the things, and I talked to quite a few of the NBA officials via text message this weekend, because I wanted to talk to them about Tony, and it's just kind of, I don't know, it's it's a sense of comfort in a way to speak to some of Tony's colleagues. And what's great about the officials that I spoke to this weekend, they all responded back 
We all miss you. And that's the type of relationship that I've had with the NBA referees, whether it's the late Earl Strom, whether it was Jake O'Donnell, whose career ended rather suddenly because the league was able to prove bias against Clyde Drexler, whether it's Joe Crawford, whether it was Danny Crawford, whether it was Dick Bavetta, and I can go on and on. And I've also been very fortunate over the last couple of years to meet a lot of MLB umpires due to my very close friend, Brian Knight, who is a current MLB umpire. And through him, I've had a chance to meet the likes of Jerry Davis and Bill Miller and some of the other high profile umpires in Major League Baseball. And the reason why I'm bringing this up today is I'm sure you saw the fine levied against the general manager of the Pelicans, David Griffin, because he criticized the officiating when Zion Williamson injured his finger and he actually blamed it on the officials, which to me was just stupid and asinine. It's just a stupid comment. And the NBA fined him $50,000. And I think I speak for everyone that's listening. We've all been heartbroken over bad calls, right? I mean, if you're an NFL fan and there's not an NFL fan that's listening that can say that their team has not been screwed by a bad call by an NFL official. If you're a fan of the Sacramento Kings and you were around in 2002 and game six, which to this day is still considered as the worst officiated postseason game in NBA history. Dick Bavetta was the crew chief. Bob Delaney, Ted Bernhardt, the other two officials in that game six. And there have been conspiracy theories and there have been all kinds of, you know, they wanted the series to go seven because of money and the Kings and the Lakers were such big TV draws back then and blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe in conspiracies. I don't believe that there was a conspiracy in game six. But the thing that has always bothered me and still to this day in 2021 bothers me is back then it was a good old boys network with the NBA referees. And we've always been told that you advance from round to round as the playoffs go on based on a marriage system. Well, if that's true, how come Dick Bavetta and Bob Delaney, and I don't know about Ted Bernhardt, I can't remember, but they both went on and refereed the NBA Finals. Why is it that the NBA allowed a game that was so poorly officiated to go on and officiate in the next round? They didn't deserve to go on and officiate in the NBA Finals that year. Dick Pavetta, Bob Delaney, They had no business being on the court, in my opinion, for the NBA Finals in 2002. But yet, there they were, because it was the good old boys network. And it was Daryl Gerritsen who was running the NBA officials. And merit system? What merit system? And to this day, that has bothered me as much as anyone. And of all the calls that were missed, In that game six, the most egregious was by Bob Delaney. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I can see the forearm shiver that Kobe Bryant gave to Mike Bibby. And I was sitting on the court broadcasting a game with Gary Gerald. 
And the angle that I had, I was looking directly at the play, and also Bob Delaney was directly in my line of sight. And the thing I remember vividly about that is that Bob Delaney was looking right at the play. He didn't have his head turned. He wasn't looking at someone else. Bob Delaney looked right at the forearm shiver from Kobe Bryant to Mike Bibby, and he swallowed his whistle. Now, do I dislike Bob Delaney? No, I don't. Do I think that Bob Delaney is a poor official or was a poor official? Yes. Because of that game? No. Because I always saw Bob at the end of games make horrible calls. I never thought that Bob Delaney was worthy of officiating in the playoffs, particularly in the later rounds. Again, good old boys network. I remember Bob Delaney making so many bad calls in so many playoff series and in so many close games. Again, I never thought that Bob Delaney was an upper upper echelon NBA official. Did I dislike Bob? No. To this day, as recently as two years ago, after I run into Bob, I talk to him, I shake his hand. How are you? Why? Because he's a human being, and I'll get to that in a moment. Again, if you are a fan of the Kings, you know what I'm talking about, back in 2002. If it's as painful for you as a fan, can you imagine how painful it must be if you were a player on that team? And you saw maybe your best chance of winning an NBA championship go by the wayside. Now, we know that in Game 7, the Kings were on their home floor, and they missed 14 free throws, and they lost in overtime to the L.A. Lakers. But let me circle back to what I was saying about Tony Brown. We watch officials, regardless of whether you're talking about baseball, whether it was Don Deckinger's missed call in the World Series in the mid-'80s between the Cardinals and the Royals, or whether I was just referring to a game six between the Kings and the Lakers or an egregious call such as the one we saw a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game in New Orleans, which was clearly past interference that was not called. I mean, there are many, many examples. And again, it's hard to be a sports fan and not pick out many instances where your team lost because of a bad call. Now, why am I talking about this today? Because when I was thinking about Tony Brown and I was thinking about how many NBA officials that I know and know about their families and how many MLB umpires I've met and have talked about their experiences and their families and what it's like, I thought I would share it with you because I think a lot of the fans don't really understand. Now, as a fan, you can say, I don't give a damn. Okay, that's your right. But why is it that you expect perfection from your game officials, but you don't don't expect perfection from your athletes or the announcers? I mean, I've talked to Joe Buck about this. He's been very forthcoming. He's never called a perfect game in his life. I announced the NBA for 32 years. Yeah, I've had A-plus games before, but they were never perfect. Why is it that we are okay as painful as it must be when a field goal kicker for our favorite team misses a 33-yarder with the clock winding down and your team loses. And we accept that, well, gee, they missed the kick. Why is it that when you're watching your favorite team in overtime and they miss two free throws that could ice the game and you get pissed, but you go, well, 
you know, guys miss free throws. Why is it that you and I can't accept the fact that our officials are going to make mistakes? Now, here's the part that I don't think a lot of the fans stop and realize. We're not talking about robots. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about officials who sign up for the job knowing full well what they're getting into. I'm not saying I feel sorry for them, so don't get me wrong. But if you're an NBA official, you're getting booed and yelled at pretty much the whole game, particularly if you make a call against the home team and so on and so forth. Major League Baseball, you miss a call, now you have replay, but what about balls and strikes? If you make a bad call, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, 3-2 pitch, it's a ball, but you ring them up, game over, umpire gets back into the clubhouse, looks at the video, knows they made the wrong call. You think that umpire goes out and parties on the town and has a bunch of drinks, You know what happens? They stay up all night and they twist and they turn and they feel bad that their mistake cost the team a game. Same thing in the NBA. Officials take those bad calls very personally. It's not like they don't care. It's not like there's no accountability. There are a lot of layers to this. And I'm guilty of this, too, and I was. I'm not as guilty as much because after meeting all of the NBA referees and getting to know them and understanding what they go through, understand the studying and the mechanism leading up to a game, following a game, what they go through during a game, understanding that one of the officials that I spoke to this weekend had just gotten back from being on the road 21 days, has a young family, has kids. Again, I'm not feeling sorry for them. They're well compensated. They have a great life. But you know what? Just like any other line of work, there are pros and there are cons. I hear a David Griffin making that comment, and I'm like, wow. All right? You see that the league finds organizations for making comments detrimental to their officials. What do you think would happen if the officials of MLB, of the NHL, the NBA and the NFL came out and made comments about a player that was 0 of 8 from three-point range and missed 7 of 10 free throws and came out and said, gee, how awful they were during that game. How do you think that would fly? Why do we expect perfection from our officials, but we don't expect perfection from our athletes? Why is it not acceptable to most fans when an official makes a mistake, but we get over it when a player on our favorite team makes a mistake. And how much does gambling have to do with bad calls in sports? Is that why we have so much instant replay? Is that why we have games that are continually being stopped for replay? I mean, college football has gotten to a point where – It's almost impossible to watch the end of a game. The game stops all too often. It changes the flow of the game. It gives teams basically extra timeouts. I mean, the reviews are ridiculous. All right? I'm not saying that it's easy to officiate sports. 
I'm not saying that I could do it because I've tried to do it before. I remember the story that I think I've shared back in the early 90s when Dick Mata was the coach of the Sacramento Kings. Dick believed in having a lot of the staff get involved in helping run shoot-arounds and things of that nature because the staff was so small. And I'd go to shoot-arounds, and Dick would have me pass the ball to players, cutting around a chair at the top of the key for a shooting drill. And then one day, Dick said, I need you to officiate the scrimmage. I go, Dick, I can't officiate the scrimmage. He goes, no, I really need you to officiate the scrimmage. And he threw me the whistle. I go, Dick, I, I, I can't do this. He goes, yes, you can. And I didn't call a foul on Spud Webb driving to the basket. And I got to tell you, Spud and I, to this day, are very good friends. And we were, we were close back then. I mean, Spud didn't talk to me for like four freaking weeks. It was practice, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, I got no business trying to, you know, make a call from a guy that watches basketball every night. So I know I'm going around and around here, but I'm just going to say this about officials. It is a thankless job. Yes, officials have cost the teams that I root for many a games. New York Giants, there are many, many, many games that I can point to and blame a loss on a bad call. All right? I just went over the 2002 Western Conference Finals. But I will say this. These officials give a damn more than you think. And when they make a bad call, if you think you're bothered by it, they're much more bothered by it than you are. All right. It stays with them. It drives them crazy. I had Jerry Davis on my podcast. I want to say back in October, maybe November. Jerry has been an umpire for more playoff games in Major League Baseball than any man alive. And we talked about that and we talked about how difficult it is. And the baseball umpires that are my friends today are grateful for replay. Because they don't want to see a team lose a game based on their mistake. And replay helps that dramatically. NBA, I am not a fan of the final two-minute report. I think it is bad for the league. And I think it is bad for the NBA refs. And quite frankly, I can't think of an NBA ref that likes the two-minute report. I think it is absolutely terrible. But I get back to Tony Brown and stage four pancreatic cancer. My heart goes out to Tony and his family and to the rest of the NBA officials that have worked with Tony over the years, that consider Tony a family member, that love Tony. And the officials that I spoke to this weekend are absolutely heartbroken about the news, about one of the leagues. Forget about very best. He did the NBA Finals last year. But just one of the best guys you'd ever want to meet. He started his treatment. The odds are against him. He's fighting. And I, for one, wish him absolutely nothing but the best. So I'm going to end this kind of 20-minute narrative on officials by remembering, I want you to remember this, all right? Again, I understand it's pro sports. I understand there's a lot riding on it. I've been pissed just like you have. But when you're screaming at an official or you're cursing at an official, 
Just remember, they're a lot like you, all right? Most of them are married with children, and they go home to their families just like you do. And I'm sure that you make mistakes at work. I'm sure you're not perfect. They're not perfect either. Just remember that. They're not robots. They're human beings. So the next time you want to, you know, throw your F-bombs at officials because you're close enough to the court or the field or whatever the case may be, just remember, they're really not that different than you. Hey, I want to tell you that today's podcast is also brought to you by AdLoad Technologies, a brand new innovative way to advertise your company. Now, it utilizes LED digital displays embedded in the back of semi-trailers so that your message will always flow with traffic and capture attention of consumers in high-traffic areas. Now, additionally, AdLoad can provide comprehensive and intelligent reporting. Hey, it gives you very accurate impression counts and exposure so you can analyze your marketing strategy for the long term. Now, for more information, just go to adloadtechnologies.com. That's adloadtechnologies, A-D-L-O-A-D, adloadtechnologies.com. All right. If you want to ask me a question, it is really simple. All right. All you need to do is go to crowdultra.com, sign up. It takes about a minute, and I'm happy to answer your question right here. Hey, Grant, tell me if you agree, even aside from the poison of LeBron and the injection of politics, it seems like the NBA is hurting from a lack of players that appeal to fans. Luka Doncic, always complaining. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, even Anthony Davis, the players that get all the attention are a turnoff. Who am I missing? Charlie. I'm not going to go down the whole list because I think the substance of what you're saying is more important than just the names. I believe, and I said this on my podcast, and I've said this on my rants, I personally believe that LeBron James has done more to damage the NBA popularity than any other player of his generation. I personally believe, and I might be proven wrong, and if I am, I'll come on this podcast and I say, hey, you know what, I was wrong. I believe that the ratings this year for the NBA and the playoffs are going to be way down. And I believe a lot of it has to do with LeBron James. Again, just my opinion. I think LeBron's hypocritical nature... I think him being silent to a lot of noise or silent with his noise against hate is very selective. I think fans are, when I say fans, I don't mean all fans. Some fans are completely turned off by LeBron James. I think he has been irresponsible. I think that he has done more damage to the NBA brand of basketball than any other player that has played in a long time. And I say that being a huge fan of his and have always been a huge fan of his and still to this day absolutely love watching him play basketball, although I haven't watched him play recently. 
But I think he has really done a lot of damage to the popularity of the NBA. Ross wants to know, what's your stance on required media for players? If you don't like it, don't sign your contract. You know, without the fans, there is no pro sports. And if you're referring to Kyrie Irving, who I ripped to shreds on my rant last week, he was fined, what was it, $35,000, and the Brooklyn Nets were fined $35,000. Again, Kyrie Irving is turning off the fans, all right, by his asinine Instagram post, his completely lack of understanding of marketing. You know, if the fans can't connect and hear from their players, again, people stop watching. People stop going to games. Ratings go down. Salary cap goes down. Players make less money. So my stance is, if you don't like it, then don't agree to it in the collective bargaining agreement. Pretty simple to me. Pretty simple. Josh wants to know, does it surprise you that Curry has come back and played so well? No, it doesn't surprise me at all. He's one of the game's very best players, and uh, he's still got a lot of basketball left. Alan wants to know if I agree with the Pelicans saying Zion's injury was due to officiating. I went over that a little bit ago. I, I still can't believe it. I can't believe that David Griffin would come out and say that. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Mr. Wolf says after three no-hitters so far this season, have pitchers gotten too good to hit? No. Hitters have become much worse at the plate. And I've talked about this with Will Clark when he was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, how messed up their swing plane is and how, you know, exit velocity and launch angle and all that stuff is an advantage to pitchers and the way the game is being taught based on what Will Clark told me. I think it has a lot more to do with the poor hitting than the good pitching. That's my opinion. Alec wants to know, do you know of any... NBA players under 25 that didn't play AAU. Now, I, I don't have the numbers to support that one way or another. All right, let's move on. Sean wants to know about my relationship with Tony Brown. You know, as I said earlier in the show, uh, I've known Tony for a number of years. I have a cell number. We communicate on a semi-regular basis. Uh, He used to call me if he needed anything when he was in Sacramento, uh, if we could get together, whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm praying for him. Believe you me, I am praying for him. Ben wants to know, do you watch any international sports leagues? I do not. I do not. Jerry says, do you know what's currently going on with the Sacramento Republic MLS bid? Yes, I do. Uh, Kevin Nagel is trying to get another major investor so that the MLS can still become a reality. I've known Kevin for a long time. I would never bet against Kevin Nagel. I'll just leave it about that. Donovan asked, will... Nikola Jokic break any triple-double record that Russell Westbrook sets. I do not think he will, no. I do not think he will. Alex says, TNT wants Wayne Gretzky as an NHL analyst. How do you think he'd do? I think he would be great. 
I hope it happens. Chase wants to know, hey, Grant, you mentioned Michael Rappaport. Do you think you could have him on the podcast? I'd love to get him on the podcast. I don't know how I could do that, but yeah, I'd get him on my podcast in a heartbeat. Uh, Julian wants to know, would have I ever guessed that a player would reach Oscar Robertson's triple-double records? No. No, I did not. Casey says, how do you feel about the NHL finding a player 5000 for a punch to the head, then finding the Rangers 250000 for their statement about it? Their statement was one where they basically they attacked the person that's in charge of fines in the NHL. And forgive me at the moment, I can't remember the gentleman's name. And they basically said that that individual has no business being in their position. So they undermined the person that's in charge of handing out fines and things of that nature. So the NHL had to really come down hard and say, hey, uh-uh. You know, not only are you wrong for criticizing, but you're now saying that somebody in the league office whose charge it is to hand out punishment is, is incompetent and should not have their job? No. That's wrong. You can't do that. It's time for Rant. 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 Time for today's rant. And again, it's brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for 20 years. Remember, for your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Now, I'm going to tell you, I am not a big fan of horse racing. You know, I'll watch the Derby, and if uh, then I'll watch the Preakness, and, you know, if I'm around, particularly if it's a Triple Crown quest, I'll watch the Belmont. I do know who Bob Baffert is. Everybody knows who Bob Baffert is. He's the Hall of Fame trainer. And I don't know if you have been following this story, but the horse, Medina Spirit, who won the first leg of the Triple Crown, failed a drug test. And Bob Baffert is talking about cancel culture. Now, the horse tested positive for a certain type of steroid, and Baffert has been suspended by Churchill Downs. Now, listen to this. Quote from Bob Baffert to Fox News. It did not happen. That horse has never been treated with, and again, I don't even know how to pronounce the drug, so I'll leave it out. Actually, it's a legal therapeutic medicine, and the amount that was in it wouldn't have any effect on the horse anyway. But we don't. The horse was never treated with that, and so that's the disturbing part of it. You ready for this? I never thought I'd have to be fighting for my reputation and the poor horse's reputation. Are you freaking kidding me? The poor horse's reputation. Like a horse has a freaking reputation? Like the horse went up to the trader and said, hey, Bob, give me that steroid. Like, do you think that people are questioning the reputation of a horse? Like the freaking horse, really? Because may have been induced, may have benefited from a particular drug. People are going to affect and call the horse bad names because the horse now has a bad reputation. Really? Is that what we're dealing with right now? We're, we're, 
I got to worry about the reputation of a horse because somebody may or may not have injected that animal, an animal with a drug. Really? The reputation of a horse? Are you freaking kidding me? Then he said this. You ready for this? Because of the new regulations the regulators have put, they're testing these horses at contaminated levels, and it's been a horrible experience. Then he went on the Dan Patrick Show. You ready for this? He claimed that a groom urinated in the horse's stall after he had been taking cough medicine. And Medina Spirit ate some of the hay. There you go. Now, if you're asking me, all right, that would bother me if I'm talking about a horse's reputation eating hay with freaking urine on it. Now, that would, that, that would affect a horse's reputation. Eat the clean hay for crying out loud. Why are you eating the hay that's got urine on it? Especially if you've been taking cough medicine. Who the hell wants to eat hay that has urine and cough medicine on it? I got to watch the winner of the Kentucky Derby eating hay that's got urine and cough medicine? That would affect a horse's reputation. Not the fact that it may or may not have a freaking steroid in it. But it's 2021. This is the nonsense, absolute nonsense that you got to deal with. Bob Baffert worrying about the reputation of the horse. Seriously. Let me tell you something right now. If you're a horse racing fan, or you're just a sports fan in general, and you hear about what has happened to this horse at the Kentucky Derby, and you are questioning the reputation of the horse, then you're a freaking idiot with a capital I. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Hey, don't forget to check out my video rants over on YouTube. Again, it's If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Again, prayers and thoughts to Tony Brown and his family every single day for Tony Brown. And thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.